Hi, and welcome to Dad Flies Too Close to the Sun, DFCS for short. He's Rod. He's Josh. Each episode, one of us will pick a question that the other has no prior knowledge of. Topics can range from the deep to the truly mundane, and we'll do our best to answer them the way only a father and son know how, by talking over each other, never admitting the other's right. We hope you enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome back. This episode, it's the dad question. So Josh, what does it mean to be a man in this day and age? What does it mean to be a man? I suppose what I'm thinking is, we could also say, is it different being a man now than it might have been, say, when I was your age? Definitely. I think that, um, well, I hope that, you know, the the world now is more inclusive. To, to start on a kind of, obviously, we're not talking about biological parts or anything like that. We're talking about more kind of what concepts make a man. Yeah, I'm not saying what makes a man biologically now compared to yeah, previously. I think that back back when you were younger, yeah, probably it's there was a lot more rigid kind of frameworks for what makes like what people just say like a man like what's a man's man was probably much more rigid than I feel like it is now. In you what know. context more rigid? Well, you know, if you look at say like if you look at older media Right, like I, I read a lot of comic books, and I, I, you know, I have a lot of your ones that you've given me from like the seventies and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and a lot of the ones like Boy Commandos or stuff about like the Nick Fury ones or all that, they're always about him being like or them being like, you know, they're men, they're gruff, they're soldiers, you know, they don't take any crap, tough guys, tough guys, you know, they do men jobs like farming and fighting and yeah there's not a lot of sensitivity I suppose exactly they're not emotional and if they are emotional it's always kind of that pseudo emotionalness where it's like you're you're my best comrade and we're best friends and you know i'll always have your back you know that sort of thing so kind of macho sensitivity almost exactly and that's that still exists obviously people still some people have a rigid view about it are like this is what a man's man is and this is not i think being a man isn't sacred enough to have so many specific defining characteristics anymore people that think so hard about it in a sense of like i know this is obviously the question of the day but people that think so hard about like this is what makes a man and this is what makes a woman and this is you know these are these things aren't very imaginative people because i think that actually what makes someone anything any category that we've kind of made up culturally is however we choose to define or they choose to define it you know a man is somebody who's nice somebody who tries their best to do good things and you know somebody who keeps trying to make it different you know because that's what I think of my I think of myself as a man and I think of myself as somebody who's constantly trying to mix up and you know put myself out there and all those sorts of things and to me that's what being a man a man named Josh is. I am I mean I definitely think there's differences from when I was growing up to what people thought compared to now and the younger generations collectively both male and female and other genders yeah i mean i'm not so up to date on these things as you are but um people seem much more open-minded now to not having yeah such strict definitions and i guess effectively more open to discussing these things and um allowing people more often to be who they want to be. I mean, obviously, there's still a lot of people who, I guess, may have religious views or other views that kind of lead them to think that um, things are set in stone. But what I would say from the older generations, although we often get 
labelled as being less open and less and more sort of defined in terms of what we thought of the roles. In actual fact, a lot of the times where things changed, big changes were through those older generations. You've got just now things like the Me Too movements and those kinds of things for women, but actually women getting the vote was pretty major a hundred years ago, whenever it was, hopefully a bit longer than that, but it might not have been. So I think that men have obviously been involved in some of those changes for women as well. So this idea that we were always sort of defined as one thing, I think that often ends up labelling women as they were defined as one thing. So sometimes you watch a programme and you'll realise in Victorian times in London, there was a female business owner who worked in the docks. But you'll never see that on Victorian programmes because it would always be men as defined as that. So what we often think of the older generations isn't always 100% accurate. But definitely I think there's a lot of more open-mindedness And I guess now you see men physically, there's a lot more products on TV for them taking care of themselves in terms of shaving stuff, cleaning stuff. Well, even if you think, the thing I'm thinking about is, you know, men's mental health. Everybody deals with mental health in their life in some way or form, whether through themselves or through people they know. Like even when I was a kid, I don't remember really even in high school or anything like that talking about it. But, you know, I feel like now, at least in the last couple of years, people talk about it a lot more. There's a lot more depictions on shows, at least from the stuff I used to watch, you know, or like the more serious stuff I used to watch when I got older. It was always kind of, if if a character had a mental health issue, it was probably a woman, you know, which isn't fair to them. But then also is not representative of a community of people who do have mental health problems. They're also men. And so, you know, that's not what makes a man. It's but, not, but it's... you're right, that kind of stereotype of almost men won't discuss their problems, although it's not going to be true of all men, is correct that actually probably, if you, on the face of it, men are have been less likely to talk about emotional things, perhaps. Maybe it's our culture, so in the UK maybe men don't talk, maybe there's other male cultures where they're more emotional, um, I don't know, and talk to each other about their problems, but... That's definitely something that's changing a bit for men as well. You're right that they're more open to discuss yeah. mental health. Which makes the makes the defining of what makes a man very difficult nowadays. Because even, right, actually you brought up a point that made me uh, made me think of something, right? So, you know, you know, maybe when you were younger, even before you were younger, you know, like men are supposed to be brave and tough and all that sort yeah. of thing. But at least from my perspective now, the, ability, the inability to kind of, or the fear to talk about your own feelings isn't very brave or tough. You know, it's like this weird hypocrisy about like being a man in like a classical, like Western way, where it's like, well, men aren't emotional and they don't talk about these sorts of things and they're tough. But then if you think about that, like, is that really tough? Because everybody has feelings yeah. and it, it doesn't seem very brave yeah, it's not, not very, to and talk about it's them. It's exactly right. So one of the bravest things that you could do is actually talk about your feelings especially if you're feeling bad. Yeah. Um, and that's up. often one of the most difficult things traditionally for men who have struggled with their mental health is to open up and actually say they're not feeling good or actually that they want help. Well, I mean, even in a, in a kind of less serious way, even me and you sometimes, we struggle to reach completely concise understandings about how we're feeling yeah. all the time. And that's, you know, it's a, a part of it's a miscommunication, but part of it's maybe that we're still coming to terms or at least trying to 
hit that mark of being more emotionally available with other men. Yeah. You know, and also tricky. you've got the father-son relationship where you're grown up. Yeah, exactly. So it's you're not that cute little boy anymore who listened to your dad all the time. I don't think I was ever that. I think <laughs> I've always been very handsome and tough. Yeah. And super cool. I mean, not tough, but super cool. Oh, thank you. That's really sweet of you. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it, sometimes when we discuss these things, it feels obvious that the answer might be that there's no one set definition, no matter what the topic is, what it takes to be a man. You could actually say that's a million different things for each man. And with changing genders and definitions, you know, there's probably a whole load of other stuff in there that I guess, actually, I think that if I was trying to answer that, I'm not sure it's possible to say what a man is or isn't nowadays, or maybe ever, but just now we see more examples of different types of men. Well, I think even, you know, going back to biology for a second, I remember we talked about this a little bit before, but I am an anthropology student and, you know, we talk a lot about this sort of thing, like the performativity of gender and all these sorts of things. But one thing I didn't really ever come into contact with before was the concept that biological sex, like the names we give them, you know, like the XX chromosome is male and the XY, or the XY is male and the XX is female, is actually a totally culturally defined thing as well, though, not even just you know, your gender, like how you say you are, how you present yourself. But actually, the fact that we say that an XY is male and an XX is female is totally arbitrary. Like somebody one day decided those words apply to these sorts of things, you know, based probably based on historical texts and religious things about words and, you know, probably from Latin because everything comes from Latin or whatever. And so, you know, the fact that, you know, a penis is what makes a man or a vagina is what makes a woman isn't actually even a definitive 100% based thing no, because... because obviously people can be born with different genitalia from what we'd say the different sexes are supposed to traditionally yeah. and um, so yeah there's never just been two defined genders as such because there would have always been people who had a mixture of different yeah and uh, even the way that we define them is kind of culturally prescribed and kind of not necessarily true yeah. in a sense that you know, if you were living in a society that um, was very literal and didn't really name things, everybody who had an XX chromosome would just be called an XX or some derivative and we would all be called XYs or something like that, you know? I was thinking that it's interesting about what the different genders, traditionally male or female, the kind of clothes they would wear because being Scottish, you know, it's not unheard of for people to say that we wear skirts because kilts is a traditional Scottish yeah, thing to wear. I think kilts are great. I, oh, I, they're amazing. I think I would only wear a kilt now to like a, a wedding or a Definitely. ceremony of some sort, anything serious. Yeah. It's, it's a great thing. So we wouldn't thing. think of that. And it's um, great when you and a girl are matching. Like, you know, she's got the same kilt and you've got the same kilt. That's amazing. It's yeah. The, the only worry is that you'd probably wear the shorter one than she Yeah, is. I know. But I would wear it better, I think, is yeah, the problem. Yeah, stylish. Yeah. yeah. But, but, so, I mean, I suppose, yeah, thinking about, so why did women end up wearing dresses? And I'm sure someone will know the answer out there and have read up and there'll be some sort of historical, cultural context to that. But, yeah, it's a bit bizarre that, for some reason, women wore dresses and men wore trousers, for example. And because someone, who knows, for hundreds, thousands of years ago decided that, still to this day, people pretty much stick by those things. 
thing that always interests me about like clothing specifically, you know, neither of us are per- perhaps the most stylish. No, but well, we wear shorts most of the time, both of us. Yeah, but it's interesting that clothes, like at any point in history, clothes were assigned gender just because, like, you would think people would just wear whatever was most practical well, or what they could afford. What they, they could afford, afford this. but like what was most practical and what they could make stylish that was still practical. Like yeah. Uh, For the work and things. Yeah, neither well. of us are big into London Fashion Week or anything like that. But when you no. see the clothes on there, they're never practical, and you're like. Well, why would anyone ever want to buy any of this stuff? Yeah, you know? and why would we gender these sorts of things? But we're not as materialistic in that sense of wanting loads of clothes and things like that. Whereas other people, I guess, I don't quite understand it, but they obviously get a lot from owning as many clothes as they can. And... But it's not it's not our place to fight people who are materialistic, perhaps. Well, perhaps that's a discussion for another week. Another day. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We hope that we helped you define what being a man was, or maybe we didn't. Who Uh, knows? I think it's unlikely. But, But see you next episode.